0: From Mushroom, this is some of my best work. I'm your host, Jane Rocker. Montaigne's been around long enough to create an impressive body of work, but the song she's chosen as some of her best hasn't been heard publicly until now. known professionally as Montaigne, at 26 years old has already hit some impressive high points in her career, including Triple J Unearthed High finalist, an ARIA award and representing Australia at Eurovision. But it was an idle piano in a share house coupled with a romantic frustration that helped deliver some of her best work. In a first for the show, we've been given an iPhone recorded demo of a song to include in the episode. Here we go, some of Montaigne's best work. Thank you so much for taking part in an episode of Some of My Best Work and to talk about a song that I believe is an unreleased song called Uncertainty. So I was wondering if you could tell me why you chose this song as some of your best work, Jess. Take us through it.
1: I think this song is some of my best work, partly because of where it's wound up. And that's because I started producing properly, or at least like committing to do it like a year ago, basically as the pandemic hit, because I was like, there's nothing <laughs> I can do at the moment. I uh, can't, you know, work with producers and studios because we're all locked down. So I started producing on Twitch a bit more. And this song to me, like, represents the prog like, the immense amount of progress I've made since then because it's sort of one of the first songs that I have arranged and produced myself that I'm, like, quite stoked with, even though it's still quite a shitty demo. Like, I'm – it feels like I have conjured music that feels – essentially like myself in a way that I haven't been able to necessarily before and is really exciting to me. When I say song, it's mostly the melody and stuff because this song was actually written like three, two years ago, just before my partner and I got together on the piano at the house I was living in at the time.
0: Cool. So there's a nice connection and memory to it, huh?
1: Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I, I wrote the song then at a time when I was listening a lot to like Aldous Harding and Kate LeBon and Joanna Newsom and a lot of those like very almost fay sort of female singer-songwriters who make this like modern folk that is incredibly beautiful and the lyrics are often really poetic and kind of cryptic and quite strange. Obviously the melodies are quite, I mean, depending on which of those songwriters you're talking about. Joanna Newsom, for example, is quite like, not theatrical. What's the word? It, it the Just the melodies... Uh, gymnastic. They moved to lots of different places. And um, I was really interested in writing things like that at the time, like strange piano songs with sections where the key kind of changes or the chords wildly differ or the energy shifts. And so this was a song that came out of that mood. And it's fun to see the way that it's transformed in the last two years into this, like, weird, almost video game sounding, like, trance inspired pop song thing, (laughs) which is also, like, really indicative of the way that my music taste has shifted, you know, in the last two years during pandemic times. Because, yeah, for the first time, I really started to get into, like, electronic and, and, like, club music or at least, you know, pop that quite aggressive electronic music I guess which isn't something I was ever into or didn't even like give myself the license to be into because I think I felt like party music like I was kind of ostracized from party music for a long time because I've just never been a party person and I think grew up very quickly as well and so I always wanted to be like very responsible and You know, like I'm only into serious music uh, that has some weird theoretical music thing in it. And now I'm very much like, oh, what if I just make the fun thing, which is, you know, where I am at at the moment. And I really love it. And so tell
0: me then, when do you switch from listening to all that sort of serious music and letting yourself sort of be open to electronic?
1: When as in like nowadays or when was the shift exactly?
0: Yeah, when when did that shift happen for you? Like, when did you allow yourself to just go into it and whatever it, you know, explore it?
1: I actually think it might be a consequence of being with my now partner, who is like not into that music, but like I I feel like after I started dating him, like I I felt like I was able to just be myself and and not like uh, censor myself from these things that I've been hiding from myself that I like, I suppose. Um, that's, I mean, that seems to have been a marked change in me over the course of our relationship. Um, is just like now, I think, I think now I just like what I like without like feeling as if I have to put some mask or perform some other kind of, um, Identity of design, or to impress someone, um, which is really nice. Like I'm, I'm much less afraid of just liking the dorky or uncool or like uh, over the top thing, I suppose.
0: And so you mentioned that it was written two to three years ago. Can you take me through a little about, as you say, there's a phone recording of the first piano demo from a couple of years back. I mean, a little about ha- if you can recall how the song came to you.
1: Uh, so I was living in St. Peter's in Sydney, which I still I still live just like at the beach in Sydney. Yeah, I was living in St. Peter's in a share house with three other people. And we had an upright piano there that I got off of Gumtree for free. I'd switched from playing guitar mostly to playing the piano mostly because I enjoyed it more. And of course it's just sitting there all the time. Like I'm walking past it all the time. So it becomes very natural for me to just like stop for a bit and start fiddling. At this particular time we were it wasn't lockdown yet. We hadn't had lockdown yet. It was like it would have been in August, I think, of 2019, which is literally just before me and my partner got together. There was kind of this moment where we had talked about whether or not we were going to be together and then agreed, like, oh, no, we won't. We won't do that right now. I was kind of like, yeah, okay, like, I get it. But I was also like, ah, damn it. (laughs) Like, that sucks. I just sort of got on the piano and I usually, often, my favorite songs will come just from improvising based off of a strong feeling. Yeah, this one kind of just came from Stream of Consciousness nonsense was vaguely about like I-, I called it uncertainty and the first line is the truth is uncertainty and that for me was ultimately the it, you know uh, most of the wise people of history and of the world uh, usually say you know the only thing i know is nothing and so that was kind of just like a summation or a reiteration of that line of just like the only thing that we know is uh that things are unknown or things are uncertain yeah that was vaguely about I guess I guess just what felt like this missed opportunity at the time and then the following line is uh I I am uncertain that you are certain you love me uh that's kind of That felt more like I just enjoyed the flow of saying uncertain many times. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just like the way it's saying as opposed to it like actually saying any true truth. And then the chorus, there's this like dramatic chordal change uh, where the lyrics transform into this like very bright front of mouth singing of like, I have the capacity and just sing that over and over and that to me was kind of like this defiance of like, you know what, I'm not going to let this get me down. I know that this isn't like a reflection of how appealing I am. The chorus is, yeah, it's just like this resistance of that feeling of despair at the fact that you can't really know what's going to happen. You can't, you know, actively decide what is going to happen at all times because there's always someone else on the end of a decision who has to approve. And that was just me kind of just being like, yeah, you know what, I... I am full of potential and ability to do things in this world and I'm not going to let this, you know, um, de-energize me or stop me from doing the things I need to do, you know, all that. I mean, the second verse is much the same. It's just in that vein of like, I mean, that one's a bit more of a pointed lyric. The lyric is, The truth is the shame always kicks in. You don't love me enough to have me. You don't love me enough to have me. And that one is literally just like, <laughs> you, you, I don't think you love me enough to like want to be with me, or at least not in the way that I want to be with you, basically. You know, that's what I thought at the time. And so, yeah, that was just like what I ended up writing and just, con- you know, continued. I was writing it as this thing that wanted to be hopeful, even though. I felt a bit crushed. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the the summation of the song. And the funny thing is very shortly after that my partner and I did obviously end up getting together. So that that's good. <laughs> now the song just exists there as like a reminder of of that feeling. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: Yes, I also wanted to ask you. I mean, this idea of some of my best work, because you're a young artist that's still writing, and you're you're in your journey at the beginning of it. In some ways, considering you are still quite young, I mean, what is it about the song though that you would like to take forward in in what you do as a singer songwriter?
1: What I enjoy about it is that it it's very clear. I guess I really like stuff that's cryptic, but I think I also rely on the cryptic as a way to avoid actually you know revealing how I feel which I think is a fair thing for people who you know don't want to do that but for me I feel like it's important for me for me to um you know be able to freely express what I'm thinking and feeling and um and not rely on like Uh, over-intellectualizing in my songwriting in order to hide or conceal that. Um, So I really like the way this song just like lays it all down, unashamed. Um, And I really like the melody as well. Like I feel like I wrote this at a time when I wasn't really self-conscious about what I was writing. I was just doing it. I was just letting it happen. And again, I think I write my best songs when I write like that. Um, you know, I'm a fantastic wreck is one and what you mean to me and like a bunch of songs that I've, you know, released in past, And this one, I think this one also came at a time when I was like, uh, worried that I was trying to copy other people too much. And this was the thing that like made me realize, oh no, you know, I'm still in there and I still have a song to sing and a story to tell. In my own specific way, you know, like I, uh, it, fe- it feels like a song that I haven't heard before and th- that I think only I could write, um, as we all, you know, do our own yep. unique things. So I, to me, it's, it's, it's like, like this was, re- it was really hard for me to choose just like one work for this podcast because I do like a lot of things I've done for different reasons. But this one, I, love because it represents like the journey going forward and like my you know what I should remember to hold on to as like core to my practice but also you know I'm this is like the beginnings of my self-producing work and this is also the first thing where I'm like I have written this I have produced it I've tried to mix it even though I'm not good at that yet And, you know, I've almost finished it and, you know, eventually maybe one day I'll put out an entire album where I am the only writing and producing credit on it, which would be really cool. Um, Not to say that I don't love to collaborate, but I've just done that my whole career. So I'm ready to, you know, actually like take the reins in a complete way at some point.
0: And can you also take us through some of those highlights to this point for you as well Jess I mean performing as Montaigne and some of the things that, that you've achieved in your career what do you sort of reflect on and, and feel super proud of?
1: Um, Gosh I mean there, there are a handful of things obviously I'm very grateful and lucky to have been able to represent Australia at Eurovision that's kind of crazy and surreal and Again, I think very lucky and was just like a very fun adventure and has introduced a new audience to me as well, which is really awesome. And obviously winning an ARIA was really cool. I don't like much go in for awards for art unless it's literally just like grants or something. But when it's like a competition of art, you know, similar with Eurovision, I'm not a huge fan of that. But what I do appreciate about that is what it represents which is like the approval of the industry around me and them seeing the potential in me which is really nice so um because like you know i haven't become like a commercial hit since <laughs> and i don't plan on like veering in a direction that makes me an insta commercial hit i'm always going to do exactly the thing that i want to do and i know the thing that i want to do is like quirky and left of field or far too left of field for you know the commercial stage but um it was just nice at the time for like industry colleagues and others to be like oh you know what the montane kid is doing a pretty good job at the moment her voice is cool she's put out this album that's like you know this unique art pop thing and we're we're vibing it so um i was yeah very happy for that it was a very sweet night as well to just like just carry the ecstatic feeling with you into the wee hours of the morning. I didn't stay out that late, actually. Again, I wasn't much of a party type. (laughs) That was cool. And also just, like, playing any big festival. I did – Firefight was really cool. Being on the same lineup as Queen was sick and, like, performing to that many people at nighttime was amazing. There's a lot of things. Like, obviously not just the big things as well. Twitch streaming has been, like, a real – a really beautiful thing actually for me because it's it's allowed me to connect with my audience in a way that doesn't feel alienated like i don't really i don't want to like conjure parasocial relationships with my fans and i think the fans that i have cultivated on twitch like know that you know we're not best friends or anything like there's very it's very much like a artist to fan relationship but being able to like share work with them that isn't just like the shiny polished thing that you see at the end of like one or two years is really great because I think I'm quite prolific and also really enjoy sharing rough sketches because you know growing up all I ever saw was like the perfect product and I used to be like how the hell do you like get there I don't know how to reach that stage because you never saw anyone except now you know obviously you do with social media you never saw like all of the rough drafts and all of the stages that all your favorite artists went through in order to get to where they are. So I'm really enjoying sharing that with people and um they seem to love it. So that's cool. And uh yeah. yeah. And also now I'm starting to like write for video games and I've realized that like video games are actually a very large part of my heart. And so that's really exciting for me as well. Tweeted out like, please let me write for your video game one day and this company from melbourne a game development house messaged and was like oh we were actually going to get in contact with you we're thinking about it uh two weeks ago we're glad you tweeted can you write some like romance songs for this video game that we're making and i was like yeah of course (laughs) like that's what i wanted actually to get paid for doing that yeah, that, that, it's just, you know, been one video game job so far, but it's been a longish one and it's also been with, like, video game royalty kind of, so very stoked over it and I'm hoping to do more of that. I hope it leads to more, more opportunities like that.
0: Keep an eye for Montaigne's music on a video game. Here's a bit more from Montaigne and some of her best work in demo form, her unreleased song, Uncertainty. Montaigne for coming on the show, looking forward to seeing how uncertainty arrived in its final form. Thanks to Brock at Wonderlick Entertainment as well. Find Montaigne on TikTok and Instagram at actual Montaigne. I'm Jane Rocker, thanks for listening.